Underwriting for Auto Line this week is provided by. In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge. And now, here is your host, John McElroy. Want to welcome you all to AutoLine this week, where we're going to be trying to figure out what kind of car you should buy. I mean, the kind of car based on your personality. And we're going to be digging into a topic about Myers-Briggs, which establishes what kind of personality you have and maybe what kind of car that you should drive. And joining me on today's panel are Christy Nordhelm, the Clinical Associate Professor of Business Administration at the University of Michigan, Michael Segovia, a lead facilitator at a company called CPP, which are all experts on Myers-Briggs, and Lori Kostu, the Manager of Organizational Development at the Ford Motor Company. It's great to have you all here. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Michael, let me throw it out to you, just in case anybody out there in the audience, which is probably most of them, really don't know what Myers-Briggs is about. Give me a thumbnail description. Sure. You'd actually be surprised how many people know about the Myers-Briggs type indicator. It's the most widely used, most researched personality tool in the world. Most Fortune 100 companies use the MBTI for leadership, communication, change, conflict, on and on. So it helps determine what kind of personality you are. It it helps us understand what our preferences are in the areas of where we get our energy, how we learn, how we make decisions, and how we organize our world. Now, the reason we're having the show is Ford Motor Company is looking at maybe using this to help people figure out what kind of car they should buy. Lori, what's that all about? Well, this is uh, really interesting. As you know, you know, Ford, our, our brand promises go further. And so we go further with technologies, uh, but we're trying to go further with our customers and really understand what is it that makes a person tick and what makes it that wants, they want to learn about certain features of a vehicle that really gives them that good driving experience. And you're not talking about, or are you talking about, what kind of options you should buy or the color of the car? or I mean, how, how is it going to help them determine what they should be buying? buying. Ultimately, it kind of, we all have preferences, as, as Michael's going to talk more about, but those preferences help you in the decision-making process. So what, is it, what process do you follow when you make decisions, and are they things that enable good decision-making, or do you have some blind spots that make you make decisions that you regret later on? And because we want everyone that drives off the showroom floor to be happy and satisfied and love their vehicle, because we want them to be ambassadors for Ford. We want their garage full of Ford family vehicles. We want them satisfied. So if we can help them understand how they make decisions and are they making the right decision for themselves, then they're more likely to be happy with their vehicle. Christy, you deal with all different kinds of uh, industries, not just uh, automotive. Does this make sense to you? I mean, there are so many different models out there. The, the biggest question I get asked as a journalist is, what kind of car should I buy? What's good out there? Because the, the choices are overwhelming. Absolutely overwhelming. And anything that can aid uh, consumers or make them think that they're being helped with their decision-making process is, gonna, is going to be good for them. Um, what's great about this, I think, is that it starts instead of with the car, it starts with the person. And in almost every case with automotive uh, purchasing, um, it starts with the car, with the brochure, with the features, with the colors, with the overwhelming list of options that you can choose from. Uh, So to start with the consumer, regardless of what personality test you use or whatever, and talk about them and their needs, engage them, get their involvement level up, and then take them into the purchase process, sounds like a great idea to me. Are there other industries that do this sort of thing? 
Well, every good industry does this with their sales force, right? Any good salesperson will start with the person first. Um, unfortunately, sometimes when you have a great salesperson, you can be happy on the showroom floor, but not so happy when you drive away. Um, so using an additional tool to help people access their feelings a little bit kind of independent of the salesperson is probably advisable. Michael, Lori mentioned that this helps people uh, identify what kind of personality they are and maybe match that up with a vehicle. How do you identify what their personality is? So to, the way to take the MBTI would be to go to a website. It's mbticomplete.com. That's how people can actually identify what their preferences are. But for people who can't do that, it's really just understanding those differences in terms of if I'm going to buy a car and I would want to talk to a lot of people about that decision, perhaps my preference is extroversion over introversion. Or if I want a lot of specific details, a lot of concrete information, maybe my preference is sensing over intuition, and, and on and on and on. And if people can understand that, I, I think we heard from both, from both Lori and Christy, if they understand how to make better buying decisions, they end up driving off that lot with the car they love and then two years later saying, I'm so thrilled I bought this car as opposed to in my situation, I bought my last car because the person was nice to me at the dealership. And now here I am five years later thinking, why do I have this car? It doesn't meet the needs of my preferences. Lori, I'm more traditional in the sense that I look at needs-based buying decisions. So if I've got, uh, make up examples, I've got a bunch of horses, I need a horse trailer, probably not gonna buy a little sports car, I probably need a big pickup truck. If I've got a family with a bunch of kids, I probably need a minivan. So how does this help me boil down what I want versus what I really need? Absolutely, there are so many decisions that impact uh, the purchase. So for example, my preference might be wanting to drive you know, a Mustang or an Escape, but the fact is I have two kids that I have to cart around and cart around their friends, so I drive a Flex. So it, it's not all indicative, but understanding your personality really helps you understand that decision-making process so you know for a fact, okay, yeah, Lori, I can't get that Mustang, I'm gonna get the Flex, but I know, I know why. And I'm able to make that right decision and not make it perhaps rushed or make it because I like the salesperson. So how did this whole idea come about? I mean, Myers-Briggs has been around forever, I sure. want to say. I mean, I think some of the earliest research goes back almost 100 years right now on it. How, how long has it been around, Michael? The MBTI itself has been around for 70 years, but it goes beyond that with a Swiss psychoanalyst named Carl Jung. But we're actually celebrating this year the 70th anniversary of the MBTI. I want to point out, though, a lot of research goes into the instrument to keep it updated, to make sure it's relevant for the people who are using it. But the idea actually was born with this curiosity from Ford. They approached us, CPP, the publisher of the MBTI, wanting to know how might these 16 personality types correlate or, or relate to Ford's target customers. And it began there. We unveiled that work at the Go Further with Ford event this past June where we met you. And the interest has been just, it's been amazing. It's wonderful. And now here we are talking about it further. Okay, so management has used this to sure. help develop different management scenarios, right? But where did the idea come to apply this to customers? It was, it was an interesting dynamic because we do, we focus so much on our products, but to, to Christy's point, you know, when you look at um, how much money it takes to buy a vehicle, like you've said before, it's the second biggest financial decision that a person makes. So we want it, we want to be involved with that customer. We want them for a lifetime. So we want to make sure that they're satisfied. And how, is, how are we going to do that? Well, we got to get to know them better. What better way to understand their preferences, their personality, and help them through the process versus just throw a brochure at them? 
Christy, this isn't cut and dried, right? I mean, not, not only is it not cut and dried, but over a lifetime, I, I imagine personalities change. And, and so wouldn't that change what kind of car you should be buying? Over a lifetime, over the course of a week, personality can change. <laughs> and the test retest uh, uh, for this particular test can be a little uh, questionable sometimes, as it is with, and there are many personality tests, right? So I, I don't think that Ford or anybody here is, is you know, going to psychoanalyze you in five minutes and then, you know, give you exactly the perfect car for the rest of your life or make you happy for the rest of your life if you're basically not happy. So, um, but that said, what, what this does and this approach does from a marketing perspective is increase the involvement level. Um, customers may already know what car they're going to get when they walk in the showroom, but for them to, to engage in this process and then find out that they're being reinforced, in other words, what they said they, they thought they liked is also what comes out in their personality test, that can be a wonderful uh, thing, too. We, we want to feel good about our purchase decisions, not just at the time of purchase, but going forward. And we're always seeking to confirm that we've made the right decision. So this gives us another way to do that, which is wonderful. In fact, don't they say that most advertising is really done to convince you that you made a good purchase rather than try to lure new people into the product? Absolutely. That's why you believe that there's more advertising for a particular vehicle that you've chosen after you've bought the vehicle as opposed to before. And they're not sitting there turning up the dial in the advertising after you bought the vehicle, but it feels that way because you're seeking to confirm. It's called confirmation bias. Seeking to confirm the decisions you've already made. Lori, you've got a brochure there that I think helps explain how you're trying to simplify this. Show the audience what you're talking about. Exactly. There's, there's a, in, as part of the personality pairs, uh, there's sensing, and sensors like a lot of detail. And there's intuitors who need that big picture. So, for example, I'm an intuitor. I, I, can, I have to see that big picture before I can drill down to the details. So any good company is going to communicate with, their customers and the way the customers need to hear it. So when I brought this escape uh, pamphlet, so part of the things that I need with my young family is I want a vehicle with quality, comfort, and good gas mileage. So one of the things I would look at to say, okay, there's a good feature here with the lift gate. I can use that when I'm hauling groceries. But what's, okay, now that I know I like that, I can then go into the detail around what does all that mean but if I had to jump straight to this picture as an intuitor, I wouldn't get it. And, I and need a, to see the big picture. And what you're showing there shows all the different specifications of the cars, the options and, exactly. and whatnot. And so lots of detail Lots there. of detail. So it's understanding where are you coming from? Do you need big picture first? Do you need detail? Am I a perceiver? Which means I like to scan. I like to keep my options open. I'm pressure prompted, so I need a deadline. Or am I a judger who wants things very organized. So if I'm walking into a showroom and I'm a judger, I just want to get this done. I want to check my list off and, be, and, and have my vehicle. But sometimes I need to step back and say, wait a minute, I still need to consider a few more options to make sure I'm fully satisfied with my purchase. So that's where we, you know, if we knew someone was a judger, we could counsel them and say, okay, let's make sure, let's look at a few more things before you make your final decision. You know, the audience might want to know that John actually took the MBTI before this experience. That's right. I'm a guinea pig yeah. in this. And he's agreed to actually share this information. So John reported and verifies preferences for ENTP. So extroversion, intuition, thinking, and perceiving. And I think I saw an episode uh, on AutoLine a while back where you were talking about the fusion and how excited you were about all the things that were going on with the fusion. It's coincidence, but it's also some work that we did. The ENTP car, if you will, was the Fusion. Now, again, we're not saying that everybody who prefers ENTP needs to go out and buy a Fusion. We're not, of course, not saying that. But you look at those, those personas, those characteristics of people who buy the Fusion. They're people who basically want to stay connected to lots of people. So that's where we get extroversion there. People are really interested and exciting about the future. 
That's where we get intuition. People who want to feel really like they've made that right choice and want other people to know they've made the right choice, that's about thinking. And people who want sort of a more flexible, open-ended lifestyle, that would be perceiving. So it's fascinating that that connection is there. But again, we want to point out not everybody is going to agree with that. So uh, as you said, I am an ENTP person. Uh, So uh, extroversion, Mm -hmm. that's me. The, the N is intuition. And that's about learning in a real big picture way. So you saw the brochure from Lori. Maybe wanting to approach it, things from big picture information, getting overwhelmed by lots of details is what we often find with people who prefer intuition. They want more big picture information. The thinking part of it is making decisions in a logical, efficient way. And perceiving is about keeping our options open. Okay, go back to the thinking in a, in a sure. logical proce- uh, procedural way as opposed to? As opposed to, for me, my preference is for feeling. And I make decisions based more on my values, based on how those decisions will affect people. So each of us brings something to the table in decision making, but each of us also has potential blind spots. And, and the P again was? P, it's about perceiving. It's about keeping our options open, not wanting to be boxed into a decision too soon. So if you went into, into a dealership and the dealer was trying to force you to sign, you might run, which I actually did once. Get me out of here. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> and versus judging, which is I'm ready to close. And and there's a sense of comfort for people who prefer judging to get to closure and to stay with that closure. So as an ENTP is that very common? Or I mean, of all these different personality types, are there some that dominate uh, sure. versus others that are maybe not so many people that way? Yeah, that one it's it's a common type, if you will. The least common is INTJ. The most common is ISFJ, and we have lots of data if people want to see that. But ENTP is one I see quite a bit. So we need to start making the vehicles specifically for the percentage of people that fall into each of these categories, right? Not, not really, but, but what we do need to know is how do, we, how do we market to those people so they understand the message? That's really kind of what we're trying to get at. So for me, I, I would buy any car, but if you push lots of details, if you push a lot of logic my way, I'm not going to be interested. However, like I drove the C-Max over here to the studio today, and that's a car that really looks at sort of this quiet advocate style. It's one that's real individualistic, really relates to my values, really a flexible type vehicle. And if you market it that way to me, boy, I'm really interested in that car. And in particular, sell it that way. And I think one place where this could really be even more effective is not so much in the marketing materials, uh, but whether the the relationship between the salesperson and the customer. Um, uh, uh, this is very commonly used, uh, this, this testing approach for people who are interrelating in organizations. And of course, you're doing the same thing when you go into the, 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 the showroom floor. So if the sales force can get kind of cognizant and familiar with this approach and use it to kind of adjust the information, how it comes out, uh, not pushing, pushing more, that kind of thing, then it can be very helpful as well. And I haven't seen that happen yet. Are you guys planning on doing that? We would actually, this is kind of the entree into uh, into this and now that there has been more discussion and dialogue and more interest that it's a possibility but there are no plans at this point but I think no matter what profession you're in to your point the more you know and understand different personality types and the more you can flex your own to meet those you're always going to get a better result whether it's in sales whether it's in communication whether it's in your marriage whether it's in your friendships no matter what, as long as you can, if you know that and you have that self-insight and that other insight, you're always going to have a better outcome. Because I need help choosing a car color. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I, it all falls apart for me. We should talk. Yeah. Talk. yeah. The industry needs wraps where you get bored with a color, you pull it off oh, and absolutely. slap another one on. Absolutely. Lori, Ford Motor Company doesn't do anything whimsically. It studies things inside out and backwards. What is the company looking at right now in terms of applying Myers-Briggs to helping people 
choose what car they might want to buy. Well, are you going to stick your toe in the water with a test, or how might you go about doing it? Well, we actually stuck our toe in the water with the, the Trend Conference that was last June. That was the very first time uh, no other automaker or industry that I'm aware of has done that. So we're just kind of seeing how it goes, how people respond. Um, I think you know, the more, you, more knowledge that is out there, the better. But uh, we'll, we'll see where we go. So we're just kind of, we're, we're lifting the tent up and letting everyone take a peek underneath. But mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're thinking about it, but there are no plans. Christy, I would imagine that you could actually take one car and come up with different marketing plans to sell that same type of vehicle to different personality types. Absolutely. So it opens us up for, there, there are a plethora of possibilities in the social media uh, area and space, right, with this particular approach. And that's what made my head spin a little bit with the, uh, with taking this right into social media and, and using it to kind of micro-market to uh, very specific individuals. And yes, it doesn't just have to be the car matching the person. It can also be the, the, the person's path to the car. Uh, because as, as uh, Lori said before, you know, I'd love to be driving the two-seater, but I got these pesky children that I have to put in the back seat. <laughs> so I'm, I'm limited in terms of my choices, but if I can be made to feel better about the fact that I'm driving a minivan instead of a, a, a Ford Mustang, um, that's going to cement that relationship going forward. And it also gives me a way to think about how I do my car purchasing, which may affect my future purchases as well, right? If I had a good experience, I don't know that many people that love going to buy a car. Um, if I had a better experience uh, working with Ford and them because they're reflecting my needs and thinking about me first instead of the car first, uh, that's only going to uh, bode well for the future marketing for Ford as well. Michael, I even asked uh, Christy that question because you mentioned you drove over here in a C-Max. Yes, now, I can see people who are into hybrids and you know, care about the planet and have a warm, fuzzy field. On the other hand, you got techno geeks that love the technology of this hybrid technology and want to know what kind of battery and capacitors and all that kind of detail are in it. So can you not sell the same vehicle to two totally different personality types? I think you can, and I think that was Christie's point as well, that any type would be interested in any car. But if you understand that message and make it really clear, for me, it's about... I want, I'm really concerned about the impact on my environment. And so that's why I initially started looking at the C-Max. Now, I got to drive it for the first time over here, and I saw, wow, look at all these other cool things that are added on top of what I prefer. Now it makes it even more appealing to me. Hmm. Okay, Lori, I'm an ENTP. You mentioned the Focus, or you guys talked about the Focus. What, what else would in the Ford Motor Company lineup be good for a personality type like mine? Like yours? Oh, we have a whole garage full <laughs> for you. We've got the sporty uh, Mustang to when you want to do your little vacations I, I, yeah, up I, I uh, Route that. 1 in California. And we've got the Escape. Actually, the Escape is, uh, we're really excited about um, just the kind of the awards it's winning and the, the sales projections on the Escape. Um, I think our technology there is just utterly fantastic. I, mean, I just think when I've got my arms full, I really wish my flex had that lift gate because when you've got two kids and arms full of groceries, that's just a fantastic. See, but now you're making it hard for me. An escape, uh, uh, a fusion, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're coming up with all these models and now I'm, I'm getting confused again. So. Oh. Well, then I'm going to throw Lincoln Black Label at you and really... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so that would work on me too. Yeah, exactly. What about going further upstream, not abandoning the customer, but Shouldn't at the product development level, should they be looking at these personality types and figuring out what kind of cars they should be designing in the first place? Well, we do in a roundabout way. Um, we've used Myers-Briggs at Ford for years and years in our leadership programs and in individual coaching. 
And that self-insight really is critical, but lately we've been seeing the power of the instrument in terms of team dynamics. So when you think about particularly our senior leadership teams, they influence or touch or directly impact thousands of employees. So if they're not working efficiently and effectively, the teams are gonna spin. They're not gonna be working well, which impacts every element of the vehicle. So we've had some tremendous aha moments that have come out of these team dynamics of understanding the strengths of a team, the blind spots of a team, um, it's also created a common language with, with our executives. So for example, we had a, a vice president who was working on a launch and he had a big, big issue. The team all were in the perceiving mode. They were scanning, they were talking about decisions, laying ideas on the table. And then he said, all right, I'm going J on you. I'm judging, I'm making the decision. But he did it after it getting all those ideas. So absolutely, it impacts everything from the very beginning ideas all the way through the manufacturing of the vehicle. Yeah, we want to be a little careful about using that information uh, specifically for manufacturing. Um, Ford and many of the automakers have so many great tools that they're using right now um, to, to get at what people, what resonates with people, what they like, and to try to bucket people and then match them. Uh, might not be the kind of most appropriate thing for product development. Um, but again, when you get to communications about the car, information search, uh, uh, those kind of things. I mean, the old adage, you are your car, this helps you find out who you are and then match the car to you. So I think at the, at the tail end of the process in sales and marketing and communications is really the most appropriate use for this tool. Rather than in the design of the vehicle. Yeah. And, and I think we need to also understand the tool that it's not really meant to sort of label you. It's not meant to really put you in a bucket. It's about what are your preferences and then how do you understand how to flex to the other side. So my preferences for introversion and yet my role is I talk to people on a regular basis. So there I flex and I, and I think I do it well. Now at the end of the day I might be a little bit exhausted so I might spend some time by myself but again any type can do anything just like any type would be interested in any vehicle. If Ford proceeds with this I gotta believe that uh, the sales force, the sales people at the dealerships would have to be well up on this process as well. Have you looked at how you would introduce it at the dealership level? Not, not at this point. We're, we're too early in we're the way too, We're way too early, but like I said, it's a, it's a good tool for anyone to have regardless of their profession. Uh, the best salespeople are already psychologists, so the, mm -hmm. the best salespeople at the dealer level will probably be ready to pick this up mm -hmm. very quickly, or probably they're already doing it in their heads. In their heads, yeah. they're doing it intuitively, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. But these days, of course, so many people that are out to buy a new car do so much research online. At the dealer level, they tell me, people come in the door, they know exactly what they want already. How do you deal with that? I think, again, it goes back to if they know already what they want, are they closing their options off too soon? And that can happen for people who prefer judging. Coming in, this is the car I want, the car I want, I'm dismissing everything else. Well, guess what? There might be a car that you might want to look at besides this one. Or for me, I might not never, I might never make a decision because my, my preference for perceiving keeps me open maybe too long. I might walk in, sure, I've done all my research, but that one looks good, that one looks good, that one looks good. I might need someone to help me kind of zone in on a few options. But speaking of the internet, I mean, this is a perfect place where when you're going to do the internet search, you could take the test before, before you proceed with the internet search. It could organize the, the way the information is delivered to you online even. So. Um, so that you could see that working very beautifully in the digital space. You, you said it at the top of the show. Say it again. What's the website where you can go take this sure. test? MBTIComplete.com. So uh, Michael, uh, Billy, Tom, Indigo, <laughs> complete. 
dot com. Exactly. And, and I'm only saying that so that you all get a chance to really write that down and take it. I, I found it an interesting test to take. And when I was first scanning at the different personality types, I thought I was one mm -hmm. until I kept on reading and I went, oh no, that ENTP, that, that's me, that says me all over it. And for people who take the MBTI, I try to think about it's not really a test. It's not going to say right or wrong about you. And when you answer the questions, we like, to, we like you to answer them in what we call your shoes off self. Remove roles and expectations from work. Remove roles and expectations from home. That's how you should answer the questions. So does Ford already use this kind of process? Uh, Christy keeps talking about when you get to uh, the marketing and advertising part. Mm -hmm. here, here's a very powerful tool. Is that used in the marketing and advertising part of the business? As far as I know, no, it's not. It is used in, from a development standpoint, in a teamwork standpoint, um, in ensuring that teams are operating as efficiently and as effectively as they should. And it's ha we've had some tremendous results and tremendous shifts in behavior because a lot of times people aren't aware of what their behaviors are until it's pointed out. And then when you show that mirror, they can, then they can check and adjust. Christy, are you aware of uh, companies using this kind of approach, Myers-Briggs, in their advertising and marketing? No, not as, as of now. And there are many other personality tests that are available um, that, that uh, companies can use as well. But it's very, very much a, a, an organizational behavior type of uh, approach with the personality tests, with management teams, communication, that kind of thing. Um, and again, we, we want to be careful to, to get, not to get too carried away about this. What this is really is a form of engaging the customer. Um, they don't want to walk off and have a little label on them and say, okay, from now on, I'm going to be this way. Um, but as, as far as uh, customer engagement goes, a car is a relationship. Um, it is, it's, a, it's a form of self-expression, and there's a relationship between the consumer and the car. And anything that you can do to increase that involvement level and kind of strengthen that relationship, uh, regardless of if it's specifically, you know, academically perfect, you know, that, that's not the point. The point is to get that involvement, get that engagement, and get people flowing um, in a way that makes them feel good about their decisions. So we're down to the very end. Real quick question. What's the next step at Ford with this? Just keep testing? We're going to keep on testing. We're going to see what happens and how well people uh, respond. Real good. With that, we're going to have to wrap it up. But Christy Nordhelm, thanks so much for coming in. Michael Segovia. Uh, Lori Costu, great having you all here. This is a part of the business I, I almost never get into, the psychology of personality in terms of buying a car. Well, I hope all of you run out and take that test. It'll take you a little while to get through all the questions on it. But as Michael points out, it's not really a test. It's a, an assessment. You might learn something about yourself. I know I did. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week on AutoLine This Week. Underwriting for Auto Line this week is provided by. In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The hybrid game MPG Challenge.